Hey, good morning or good evening whenever you are listening. Welcome to the Hope Explained podcast where we take a closer look at the sermon that was said on Sunday and and talk about anything that was left unsaid, forgotten, or cut for time. I'm joined on my opposite side here by our lead pastor, Pastor Rick Morse. Thanks for being on the podcast. Good to be back. And we just started a brand new series, which is called The Ultimate Comeback. You want to talk about what that's about for a little bit? Yes, I mean, this. I, I absolutely love not just this series, but the idea of the series of the ultimate comeback. I, I think um, people need hope because we all make mistakes. We're all human. And I think we forget that so many of the people in the Bible that we name our kids after mm-hmm. were massive mess ups. Yeah. I mean, significant mess ups. We're, a lot of them did things that we, a lot of us would never or have never done. And yet they're known as like founders of our faith and God used them in incredible ways. And so the hope of this series is to help each of us to understand that God can use us, wants to use us and our mess ups or like Pastor JC said a few weeks ago, us being jacked up <laughs> does not detour God. Mm. It doesn't. It's so yeah, the ultimate comeback. We're going to be looking at stories the next five weeks now of uh, people in the Bible that blew it or they had life happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all about mess ups. Sometimes people just get caught up in circumstances that are not their fault and life knocks them down. And so the whole goal is if you've been through some stuff, if you've self-sabotaged, it doesn't give you a reason to quit. Sure. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, uh, people me- naming their kids after people who messed up in the Bible because my brother's name is Jonah. And mm. I mean, that's the poster child for it, kind of. And ironically, though, he's not named after that Jonah. It's, it's, he was named after Sleepless in Seattle. But, you know, it, it kind of ties back. I have never seen that movie. It's good. Nora always trying to get me to watch that thing, and I refuse. Really? Yeah. I, is it a rom-com? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I think uh, if I'm remembering the right one, I think it's Tom Hanks. I don't know. <laughs> she, I, I've heard her mention it several times, and I don't know. Maybe one day I'll give in. Anyways, so, uh, so I always like to start with a review. And uh, the thing that you focused on for this comeback, as far as the biblical part of it, was was the two thieves that were that were crucified with Jesus. Yes. And I think that's the, the juxtaposition of their two different approaches to Jesus in front of them. I think that would be a good review. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, it's an interesting story. I mean, we've read the story a million times. I've preached the story a million times. I've never focused on the thieves. Mm-hmm. I've always just focused on the fact that Jesus died on the cross. There are two thieves there. This happened, but I never have really honed in on that part of it. And so, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interest, it's a really an interesting story. You have, you know, two guys who, you know, ex- crucifixions were public executions. I mentioned that Sunday. And so there literally could have been, you know, hundreds of people lined up along the roads. It was very common. They use it as a deterrent. You know, it was a a very painful Roman form of of execution. And Jesus happens to be in between these two men um, who the Bible calls thieves. We Mm. call thieves, you know, story of the thief on the cross. And they were a little more than thieves, Mm. um, but um, they were being executed. And you have kind of two different types of people. They were both the same type of person, but one... Um, in a matter of hours, changed his tune, and the other didn't really seem to do that. So yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the the 
one of the things that you pulled out from there that was really great was you talked about here's the question coming off of that was who deserves God's grace? Mm. Who deserves a second chance? The answer, anyone willing to change direction. And in that thief who did repent, I, we see that exactly. Cause like you just said, you know, these were people who, who were criminals of, in, in the truest sense of the word, but because he was willing to and hit, hit all those points that you talked about, you know, he, he humbled himself before God. He, he asked for help. Uh, he, he faced up to the consequences. He knew what he did wrong. Um, anybody is deserving of grace, not because they deserve it, but mm. because God offers it so freely. And I thought that was great. I mean, think, think of this, Jason, like we're so good at what frustrates me oftentimes about the church is we kind of pick and choose who we think, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to go to heaven. You're not going to go to heaven. And we even have, even have some dogmatic theology that says, well, if you do this, you're going to heaven. If you don't, you're not. And, and, and the reality is this, it's not up to us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not up to us. It's, it's up to God who created us. And um, there are probably going to be some people there that we excluded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, with this situation, it just gives us an incredible story of what God can do in somebody's life. Um, he didn't pray the Romans road. <laughs> he didn't say the certain words that we say people have to say. He didn't come forward. You know, he didn't do all these things, but things changed for him drastically. And mm-hmm. so gives all of us hope. Well, yeah. And it was, it was interesting to, to hear how you approach that simply because, you know, w- when you look at how the things that he said and, and when he said it, we can look at that and see, like you said, he, he hit the four points, but it does, it didn't look like some, uh, dogmatic exact prayer, for example. We saw that he had faith in Jesus and, and that he repented of, he, he knew what he did wrong. And for me, that was kind of interesting because, you know, when you think, oh, this person accepted Jesus, when you've grown up the church, that, that looks like, oh, they sat down and had a prayer and did these things. But faith in Jesus is a state of being, not an action. And so that, for me, that was just a, a nice reminder of yeah, that. Yeah, it doesn't all have to look the same way. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't all have to be the same thing and do the same thing. It can be, you know, it can be a little different than what we're typically used to. Like, it's almost like, well, you can only be saved if you go forward at a Billy Graham crusade, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, there's, I mean, that's awesome. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of other avenues as well. And this is one of them that I think is a very unlikely scenario, Mm -hmm. but it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something else that you, that you said was you pointed out in Matthew 23, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And for me, when you, when you brought that up, it definitely called back to Pastor Russ's sermon last week where he was talking about, talking about in order to see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you've got to let God take control. Um, and so for me, that was just that other side of the coin of remembering that in order to have that ultimate comeback, in order for God to do these things through you, you've actually got to let him be on the throne of your life. Well, pride gets in the way of everything great in our lives. Mm-hmm. It really does. I mean, think of what, you know, God created Lucifer, mm-hmm. his really cream of the crop um, being. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened with Lucifer? It was pride. Pride comes before a fall and pride is what, what, you know, started that whole situation in the Bible of 
the angels being cast out of heaven, a third went with them, is it's pride. And so the very essence of salvation, the very essence of, of connecting with God, I think begins with humility. I, I mentioned a great glory quote, when, when I come, come to the end of myself, I find the beginning of God. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's where God starts when we, you know, the great sin of life is to think that I'm on the throne, that I'm good enough, that I'm the best, that I don't need anything but me. But we're created by something, mm. by someone, by God. And so um, I think that's where sal- true salvation begins is when we humble ourselves and realize our need for a savior. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to uh, reveal the secrets of our senior staff meetings, but uh, the quote that you brought up that you brought today said, you know, we, we in ministry, we're given a shovel to dig deeper, not a ladder to climb higher. Mm. And I mean, I mean, there's multiple ways to pull things from that. But to me, that's it's, it's talking about pride also. And and, you know, if you're if you're serving God, you're you can't you can't serve two masters. You, you can't serve your own image and serve God at the same time. If you're serving God you're not going to be worried about elevating yourself. Well, and you can't look at the life of Jesus and not see a life of servanthood. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Uh, another thing that you talked about was what was Jesus's response to to the thief asking him, uh, will you remember me? Mm. And, and Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And the other thing that I like about that is it reinforces this idea that there is no difference in salvation from person to person. It's God's grace is given freely to those who call on his name. And and for me, the culmination there is you, you brought up people who try and discount deathbed conversions, for example. And of course, people will say, and you said this, of course, people will say, well, of course, they're trying to to get saved there at the very end. They're about to die. Mm. But for me, what st- stood out there was the idea of, you know, we talked about earlier how God will use our circumstances and and our mess-ups to humble us and bring us back to him. And when for me putting those together it was like, well, then why is the why is why is the moment before death any different in that case? Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, we and we do the same thing with people that go to jail. Yeah. You know, we say, "Oh, well they only converted to of course they converted to Christ. They're in prison. They have no other option." And it's like, you know, okay, God uses difficulties in all of our lives to humble us, to get our attention, whatever it might be. At the end of the day, we should celebrate people that come to faith, not question it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's between them and God. And I think we should celebrate whether it's a deathbed confession. At least it's something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, obviously it's better if we can do it on this side of heaven where we have time to grow in the Lord and experience the goodness of God and all that, but it doesn't happen that way for everybody. It's fluid. It's not linear. It's not always the same thing all the time. It's different. Um, you know, there's there's this the big kind of hoopla over the last few months on the Netflix series on Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, mm-hmm. there there's there's the whole, um, you know, thing. He was on, um, uh, what's the guy's name? James Dobson's show, like him, him and his dad before he was killed in prison talking about how he came to faith in Jesus. And people are like, there's no way that, I mean, he killed people. He was a cannibal. He did horrible things. But I, I know a pastor that knows a guy who met with Jeffrey Dahmer every week 
mm. after he gave his life to Christ. And in his opinion, it was authentic. And mm. but who are we to say, right? If it's all, oh well, that's not authentic, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I it just that it bothers me when we question whether somebody. Yeah. is truly converted or, or not i you know if they it's not ours to sort out it's not yeah. and if they die right right afterwards we don't really have time to kind of you know examine the fruit to see if it's genuine or whatever um but yeah i i, I don't know i i think the message of the gospel is saving all of us whether mm-hmm. it's on our deathbed or whether it's during this life um and we have time to kind of live that out yeah i don't know i i just know that um God can work miracles in people's lives. And I don't think that we, any of us are in a position where we can really question whether somebody's truly sincere or not. Right, right. Before we move on to the last uh, the last thing that you wanted to talk about because you didn't have enough time for it, uh, I wanted to point out one of the quotes that you were talking about when you were giving your testimony on Sunday. Mm. And that reminds me, if you have not watched it, I would highly recommend going back and watching the sermon on Sunday. You can find that on our YouTube channel, New Hope Eastlake. Um, it was great. You do want to go see that. But one of the things that you said, and I thought it was just a great quote, was, I couldn't change what happened, but I could change tomorrow. And I think that's a perfect segue into what you wanted to talk about, was it's very easy to let the defeat defeat you mm. forever, the, the, to, to not get back up. And so what did you want to talk about with that? Yeah, so... I, uh, you know, I, I spent years beating myself up and you're referring to when I went through a divorce. I, um, I spent years beating myself up and, and I was so good at that. Mm-hmm. And, but you can't really move forward when you're constantly looking in the rear view mirror. And I can remember, I journal all the time and I would just write all this stuff about this and that and this. And I'm like, you know, I can't change. I finally came to a point. It took a while that, you know, I can't change. I was, I was spending so much of my energy and my life being angry at the past. Matter of fact, maybe this is a little clue, but I feel like God, like I'm going to write a book and God gave me a title and it's called I'm Mad About Yesterday. Mm. And I'm going to do a sermon series here at New Hope, probably maybe this year or next year called I'm Mad About Yesterday. And it's because I would wake up and I'm literally like, God kept bringing this to my mind. You're mad about yesterday. Today's a new day. Today's a different day. Why are you wasting today mm-hmm. being mad about yesterday? There's a saying in sports, like, don't let a bad game beat you twice. You know, it beats you for the game. You had a bad game. It beats you that game. Mm-hmm. But then you're letting that bad game continue to mentally beat you and it impacts the next game. And that's what I was doing. I was mad about yesterday. And it ruined my today. Mm. And I finally came to a point where I was like, man, if I'm going to be happy again, if I'm going to, if I'm going to have any joy again, if I'm going to, if God can use me at all, I've got to quit being mad about yesterday Mm -hmm. and I've got to move on. You know, our past, God can use our past to teach us and we should learn lessons from that, but it should be a quick glance, not a stare. Right. Um, you know, we can't drive in our car looking at the rearview mirror. If we look in the rearview mirror, what's behind us, we're going to get in an accident moving forward. You know, our windshield is big. Mm-hmm. We look forward. Our mirror is small because we're to take just a glance. And I think that's 
you know, if we have a past and we've made mistakes and went through tough stuff, we can't let that past defeat our tomorrow. Mm. And so that's what I meant by that. I lived so many years looking back and just, and I had no vision for the future. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was angry at yesterday when yesterday was gone and it ruined my day today. Let me ask you this. So when you started getting there, what, what was that switch? Because you said you spent you spent so long mad at yesterday. Yeah. Was it was it maybe a message you heard? Was it when you were in study? Was it something that happened over time through prayer with prayer with God? What did that look like? Well, I think it's twofold. I I, I think one, I think the enemy um, wants us to be defeated, mm. and so I think it's part spiritual warfare, mm. where Satan's the great accuser. And so, and then two, I think it was like a coping mechanism for me to deal with guilt and to deal with, uh, you know, well, if I beat myself up, then it's okay if I'm happy. As long as I beat myself up, Mm. I can allow myself to be happy or to move on, but I have to beat myself up first. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think the big change for me was I... I don't think God could use me again if I'm continually angry about yesterday and mad at myself and living in guilt and regret. Um, I don't know that God could use it. And I was just sick. I, I was just sick of it. I didn't want my kids to see me like that. I didn't want to live like that. I wasn't that type of person. I'm a pretty optimistic person. And I had several years where I was just, you know, the sky is falling and that's mm. not me. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened to change it other than the fact that I was just tired of living like that. Mm. And I wanted to try to dream again. I wanted to smile again. I wanted to get back up and try one more time, no matter what it looked like. And I think it was just perseverance and, and to be quite frank, quit being a big baby and feeling sorry for myself. I mean, just to be honest, I, I, I think when we do that a lot, we just want attention. We want other people to, to, to hug us. And, and so we have an excuse on why we justified in that. Yeah. On why we can't move forward. Mm. And, and to be honest, I, you know, I, I spent, and I still deal with it almost like I don't have the right to be happy. Mm. I don't. And I think, and Nora and I have talked about this. Um, it's okay if her and I are very happy. Yeah. It's okay. Would we change circumstances? Yeah. But you know what? We're happy. We love each other. And I can't let my past defeat my current marriage. Mm. You know, she deserves my best. And it's okay to be happy. Mm. It's okay for me to feel good about being in ministry again. That's okay. I blew it. Yeah, I blew it. It's done. It's over with. It's a loss. It's done. I can't change it, but I can change tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. And that reminds me of something that Pastor Cece said uh, during one of our meetings. She, we were talking about the idea of, of the past being in the past. And, and she said something to the tune of, uh, you know, dwelling on the past like that. You know, learning from it is one thing. Thinking on it every now and then is one thing. But dwelling on it, it's at that point going on too long, you're, you're underestimating what, what God can do in, in, in absolving that and, and getting rid of it from you. And I thought that was good as well. And like you said, there is just an element of it where it's just, you got to move on. And, uh, 
So that that's really good. So so I mentioned that I talked to a life coach every other week usually, and he's so awesome. And he made a really good point that that when we think about it, it's okay for it to be a reminder mm-hmm. so that we don't repeat previous bad behavior. So it can be used as a lesson, but when we dwell on it, that's not from God. Mm. The reminder can be. The dwelling on it is not from God. Yeah. You know, and another part of me like getting over stuff is like I have a brother and I'm not gonna tell his whole story, but one of my my brothers, Kenny, he's he's my hero and he has challenges in his life and and he never whines, he never complains, he never um <laughs> he never just you know, expects uh um, to not have a good day. Mm. He has a good day every day and he has far more challenges than I've ever dealt with. And so that was another part of it was, you know, like there are so many people that go through so many things and you can either let it defeat you or you can be better. And, you know, um, I don't know if I should say I want to be like my little brother because <laughs> little brothers usually want to be like their big brothers, but yeah, I want to be like my little brother and just go on with life and, and despite challenges and not use excuses and be the best I can be. So. All right. Well, Pastor Rick, thank you for coming on the podcast and, uh, and talking with us. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, like I said, if you did not watch the sermon on Sunday, I would highly recommend that you do that. You can find that on the YouTube channel, New Hope East Lake. And we would also love to invite you to church if you don't have a home church and are in the Chula Vista area. We are on 2720 Olympic Parkway. Uh, but yeah, Pastor Rick, thank you again. Yeah, thank you.